0: Do you ever wonder why we worship the way we do why churches are run the way they are and why on earth do we still trust the bible as the word of god join us as we study church history as we study the bible as we study just a little bit of everything in between welcome to back in the day with pastor clay Hey, how are you doing today? Welcome to Back in the Day with Pastor Clay. Today, if you've been paying attention any in the last few weeks, you know that my heart has become burdened for revival in the state of Kentucky. And as we look forward to uh, praying, what God would do through our churches, through our pastors, through all of these avenues, something has come up and as as I began To plan and to think about this week's back in the day a man came to my mind named George Mueller now the question that I want to examine today is what would happen what would happen if everybody based what they believe how they act what they do on the Word of God would things change and Mueller would answer yes Mueller placed the Bible at the absolute center of his life, and it radically drove everything that Mueller did. In fact, Mueller would become known as the Bible guy and the prayer guy. Uh, He believed so heavily that God would provide, he did so many radical things that that were were often looked at negatively uh, by his peers. And I know, I hate to, to, to sound any kind of confidence, but uh, I've held that in my ministry where people have looked at me and told me that was the dumbest idea, only for God to multiply that effort uh, and do an amazing work through what only he can do, as, as of nothing of clay, but what of God can do. Uh, and so, Mueller, George Mueller was born in Germany on September 27th in 1805. He would go on later in his life to become the leader of the Plymouth Brethren movement. Uh, He would go to be a faith missionary advocate. He would continue to to found and direct orphanages In, in all through his life. He would become known again as the prayer guy. He would he would base his life around prayer and around the Bible. And his early life was 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 nothing miraculous. He grew up in a very uh, poor-off family. He uh, often made his way by stealing from his father. Uh, he would go on to continue stealing from his friends, and uh, there was a certain event in his life where George Mueller was actually arrested and put in jail in in a, in a single cell with other thieves uh, and even a murderer. And as George Mueller is sitting in this cell, he is beginning to take stock of his life and he begins to question you know what has brought me to this point point. and uh, it's even written about in his autobiography that he even that was not enough to make him change his ways and so he would go on to attend the the University of Hale and uh, he would meet a friend named Beta who would invite him to Bible study and so they would talk about a loving God And this was what began to transform George Mueller. God would use Beta through these conversations that they had through this Bible study that was happening at the university. And finally Mueller's heart was touched and he would give his life to Christ and it would change everything in George Mueller's life. And so the opportunity would actually come up for uh, George Mueller to teach German to Americans at the university. And this would actually go to pay his college expenses. He would no longer need to go and steal uh, to be able to afford college. And so he continued to study the Bible and he began to hone his art of preaching. Uh, George Mueller would say that he would often take advantage of opportunities that would come along for him to uh, open up the Bible and just began to speak into people's Lives and through this, uh, George began to feel and sense a calling uh, into ministry as a missionary. And so, uh, he would, uh, he was continually feeling this calling and this urge, uh, into ministry and especially into missions. He wanted to be a missionary until, uh, he was required into military service. But because of George Mueller's poor health, he was actually spared from that uh, from that calling into military service. And in 1829, uh, he went to London. And so he would be in London. He wouldn't be there very long. He would become very ill. Uh, and he was sent to Tianmouth where he would recuperate. And he met a man by the name of Henry Crake. Now, Crake would have a huge impact on George Mueller's life. It was Henry Craig that would talk to him uh, about people who sold all of their possessions, who had given them to the poor, and he would, he would just, he had this air of humbleness about him. And George Mueller was so intrigued by all of this, this, this concept that he began talking with the members of the mission board who were supporting him uh, about this idea of living on faith. And so George Mueller at this time was living as a missionary and he was being funded by this board of mission uh, senders. And, and he would he had this idea that he would uh, live by faith and depend on God to provide for all of the needs uh, when they would pray. And the missionaries told them that they would not support him on this basis. And so he wanted to preach where God had sent him and not essentially where this missionary society would send him. And so George Mueller began to pray to that effect, God, would you send me uh, to a place where you need me? And Henry Craig was very well uh, intertwined into the pastoral network there uh, in Tianmouth. And he would offer him a job as a pastor of a small congregation that only had 18 members. And during that year, during the year he went to be as a pastor, uh, he was, he would rededicate his life and he would be rebaptized as a believer. Uh, Mueller had, had, uh, taken part in infant baptism, but reading the scriptures felt the desire and the need to be rebaptized as a believer. Now, When we read accounts like this, when we see stuff like this happen in in people's lives and especially in pastors' lives, I talk with a lot of pastors and I know so many that are in churches right now that look, they wished that they had 18 members. But as George Mueller would go to this church, he, he, as I'm gonna talk about in just a moment, he radically changed everything. He would begin to fall for a lady named Mary Groves, and Mary Groves was uh, one of the major, I think, major reasons that George Mueller challenged himself to pray big. You know, I, I am often an advocate, and if you get to know me any amount of time, you know that I don't pray small prayers. I oftentimes pray large, outlandish prayers that people look at and think that I'm crazy, but listen, George Mueller did it first. And I believe that Mary Groves was behind that conviction. And so uh, they met Mary Groves and they began to court each other. And within three months, they were married. And Mary's brother, uh, Anthony Graves, sold all he had to become a faith missionary. And so they sold all their possessions, they gave it to the poor, and this inspired George and Mary to, to really take that step that they'd been talking about as well. And as you go on, George and Mary had four children. We'll talk about that a little bit later in his life. But I really want to, uh, to, to, to dive into the really principles uh, that George Mueller held in his early ministry. First and foremost was to assist uh, Sunday schools. He, he had a desire to equip discipleship. And so he wanted to assist Sunday schools, day schools. And schools for adults and he wanted to start new ones that would focus on teaching adults teaching the bible uh to biblical uh adults and so um he also had a desire and a burden to create uh there to sell bibles at poor at low prices so that the poor could afford them he had a desire to put the word of god in every single person's hands now remember we're we're Three hundred years removed at this point from the Protestant Reformation, when we really get a Bible into languages that people actually speak, and so George is desire is to get the Word of God into as many people's hands as possible. And then he also wants to aid missionaries. He wants to come alongside and support and love and encourage missionaries. And he also wants to uh, circulate tracts in in the different languages in German and in English, and in Prussian, and and, uh, and, in all of these languages, he wants to put gospel conversations and uh, these things into people's hands. And so as he would grow older, which we'll talk about next week, he actually pivots and becomes more of a orphan carer. He, He has a desire and a burden for those that are orphaned. And so George Mueller's early ministry was what I think many early pastors go through, especially those that are, maybe they come directly out of seminary, they're in their first churches and they're learning by trial and error. And so George Mueller is doing that. He's preaching the word of God. He's faithful in what he does. And he does some things that, that, that are not looked at as positive in his contemporary culture. Now, I know this is hard for us to imagine, but I know many of you have a pew. That's your pew. Or if your church doesn't have pews, that's your seat. And you would rather uh, the, the church catch on fire than somebody sit in your seat or your pew. Well, you see, I believe that the early church had a good solution to this. Between the, the, the 14 to, to around the mid-1800s or late 1800s, you actually had to buy your pew. You had to you had to rent essentially from the church your pew, and that was your tithe uh, to the church. You would rent that pew, and you would uh, you, you you that was your pew. No one could sit in that pew, and so at the church where he preached, the people rented pews, and they would sit during service. Or if you didn't rent a pew, you were welcome to stand, but it was a uh, sign of um of of stature. And so the rich or the well-off would purchase pews so that they were able to sit. Uh, think of it this way: this thought was often incurred, especially in the uh, early 16th, uh, early or late 16th century, with Shakespeare as well, when you could purchase seats in the Globe Theatre. Or those who were of less uh, to do off would stand. And so uh, Mueller thought this was unfair. Mueller had this 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 vision from God that he would discontinue pew rentals and put a collection box at the rear of the church and his contemporaries lost their minds. They were so angry at Mueller because he was doing this radical thing and you would have thought that Mueller had said that he was no longer going to preach from the Bible. This is how angry several other pastors got at him. Listen, I know that there are some pastors that listen to our podcast, and there are those uh, that are serving in ministry. Can I just encourage you that uh, there are hills that we as pastors have to die on. The the, the, the biblical scriptural inerrancy of the word of God, the, the the authority of the Bible, I get. But listen, the color of the carpets, the style of worship, there are things that we don't need to fight on. It's true. We don't, but George Mueller faced a lot of backlash until the end of that year, when it was discovered that their offerings had increased significantly. And the way what George Mueller would say is that their offerings had uh, this free will offering had created such a culture change that it was instilled in other churches very soon after. What happened is people were giving because they wanted to give, because they wanted to worship God in the givings of their tithes and their offerings. And what happened was that everything changed. And so George Mueller, which would change everything. And in the midst of the 1800s, God was doing a mighty work in in through George Mueller and through his church and through everything that was happening. And when we look back at how George would love to be instilled in missions, that would happen next week. As I begin to think about George Mueller's life and everything that's happening, I begin to think about his his early life. You know, there's a lot that I can relate to in George Mueller's life from the, the bad boy upbringing to... The, the spirit of humbleness to the spirit of believing that God can do great things. We're already very early on in George's ministry and we see this air that God will provide. And that's, that's, that's a very difficult mindset to be in. God will provide. We believe that sometimes. But what happens when things change? But this transformation that happens I really want to take us to Romans chapter 6 to really look at in death Romans chapter 6 verse 9 says we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died he died to sin once and for all for the life he lives he lives to God so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus What I love about this passage and what I want you to what I want you to draw out of this passage really quickly is that it is absolutely imperative that salvation is by Christ alone, through faith alone, it, it, because of this, because that Jesus Christ died the death to sin and lives to God, we have hope, we have an ability and a gift that is offered through salvation. George Mueller, in his early life, fought this. He was he was a slave to his sin. He his the power and the influence of sin is, is is so haughty in our world, and we know that Romans uh, six twenty three says the the wages of sin is death, but the gift of of God is eternal life. The wage of that sin that we deal with in our lives is death. There's nothing we can do about that. But we have been made alive in God. Through Christ, we are made alive in that that sin may no longer reign. And he says to not present our lives. This this word, uh, peripistamante, it means to not even be associated with. To not even be in the same league to be in the same place to even stand near it to, to, so that no one could have any indication or any inkling of that now we know we all sin we all sin we all fall short of the glory of god but it is because of the sacrifice of christ that he died to sin that we have the ability to be like george Mueller. You see george Mueller, his life was spiraling in sin he was in a place where he didn't know how he was going to overcome it. And even in the midst, even in the midst of jail, being around other thieves and murderers, and as George would explain, it was not a good place to be. He, he was frightened. He didn't know how he was going to survive. And even in the midst of all of that, it still wasn't enough to turn George Mueller away. But when he came into an encounter with the living God, through the loving Christ and the salvation experience that comes through the sacrifice of self and the embracial of Savior and Lord, his life was radically changed. Can I encourage you with that today? I hope you have a fantastic week and we'll continue learning more about George Mueller's ministry next week. I look forward to seeing you and I hope you have a fantastic week.